0: Um, When uh, Pastor Humphrey uh, preached on Sunday, he got me thinking about uh, the Sunday afternoon message, especially, got me thinking about some things. And I started uh, thinking about a text to uh, kind of follow up on some of the thoughts that he brought. And uh, as I was, uh, last night after supper, I was sitting down to start polishing the messages the message I was intending to preach, and the Lord said, "No, you're not going to do that." So uh, I knew what He wanted me to preach, and so I uh, I got working last night and uh, got uh, got my introduction done. One one benefit of insomnia is that when you get up at 3:30 in the morning, it's a normal thing. <laughs> so I got <laughs> I got a good uh, a good run on the day. I had a good good day in studying. Uh, I worked outside for a little bit and I sat down and uh, the sun came out for about 45 minutes. So I had 45 minutes of sun and covered back up. So I went back inside and, and I was polishing on this message a little bit. Um, and so I hope it's a blessing to you. It's always a blessing uh, to me. I don't have much discipline. But when, I'm, when I, have, when I have, have to do something, I can get it done, usually. And so I'm thankful for the discipline and having the opportunity to study out some messages now because it's, uh, it helps me to keep focused where I need to be. Um, the, we're blessed in having two pastors that give us a full plate every time that they get in the pulpit. Um, the, the, the preaching, the teaching has been pointed. It's been specific to the needs of us as individuals and as a church body. Um, and I'm thankful for it, because uh, this is kind of what we're gonna be talking about tonight. Uh, there's been some things in my own life that that I've faced with a, with a measure of apprehension, trepidation, or even fear in this past, past year as I began to see um, things changing so uh, drastically in our country. And I don't want to dwell there. I don't want to be there. And um, I think as I look to this portion of scriptures and others that that our pastors have been bringing, we have the the tools, we're getting the teaching, we're getting the training that we need to face the conditions in the world today and as they change in the, in the months and years ahead to be prepared for them. So if we would, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. We're looking at <clears throat> just verse 7, <clears throat> kind of a jump-off spot. <clears throat> to remember that Paul was writing to this young pastor, Timothy, and... Uh, Paul knew that he was going to be likely leaving this world soon, and so he had some special thoughts, some exhortations for this young pastor, and given him some advice, some direction about the things that, that he needed to know as he continued the ministry that God had given him. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7: For God hath not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let's go to the Lord and then we'll continue. Wonderful Father God, we thank you for the the wonderful, great blessing that we have in the Word of God. We're thankful, God, that we can look to it for strength, for guidance, for instruction. Lord, for comfort, um, a source of of, uh, joy at times. Lord, uh, that as we look to the pages of your word and we sometimes look into your very face as we see the will of God for our life, Lord, it's a a wonderful thing to see how the the Holy Spirit uses uh, your wonderful Bible to show us truth. Lord, uh, again, to give us comfort and direction and solace at times. It's thankful that we can know that your word above all else in this existence we can trust as yourself absolutely in christ's name i pray amen well it says here for god hath not given us the spirit of fear but i believe he has given us a measure of his spirit i think it would be proper to read this, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power, and of the the spirit of love, and the spirit of a sound mind. Um, As I said, in times past this past year, when I thought that it was viable, I prayed that the Lord would forestall judgment upon our nation, and Christians in particular for the sake of the gospel message. It was hard for me to accept that communism had won our country, but when I balanced that with the gross wickedness I saw permeating society, I could only say amen, so be it, and get ready for what's coming. Mm -hmm. The initial apprehension and fear, trepidation and fear that I had felt have largely been mollified as I recognize the Lord's hand working in the situations in this world. And again, from the, from the direct preaching that we've been getting to understand that, <clears throat> that for instance, the, uh, we're not gonna go through the worst part of what most of the world's people are. Yeah. That the day of the Lord is real, the time of his judgment, is coming and it may be coming soon. The world needs to hear about Christ. If there's to be any hope for them in this existence, it's going to come through those that are that have the ability to share with them the gospel message. And again, God has been good in that He's given us two men that have been giving us just exactly what we need to lead this church into the field, to be prepared for the mission that he has for us in these last days. So <clears throat> when, when it says there, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, we know that, that in, in the close sense, what was being talked about here was Paul and Timothy. Okay. And that direction was was something that he shared with them. But it was this was given to the churches. It was this book was recognized as, as authoritative and then given by inspiration of God. It's been added to the canon of scriptures and it's been carried down today to us for us today. Um, so we don't want to isolate ourselves just because that you know that these two men. We're, uh, we're in conversation, so to speak. It was for us and for all men for all time, everywhere. Um, we're going to see that as we look at this. This is going to be in the form of a, pretty much a lesson. You're going to l- listen to a lot of scripture and just a little bit of preaching because I want just to be able to see that God indeed has made a way possible that we can get away from this this spirit of fearfulness as we enter in unsettled times. And it says there he's not given us the spirit of fear. That term there can mean the disposition of our mind or the mindset that we have, that we use to, to filter the decisions, the things that we confront in life. And our... that his word is for us, for his strength and guidance, and that we can trust in him completely for the things that we know in these days. Back, uh, back in the 60s, I don't think there's very many of you who can look back that far, but um, Dr. Henry Kissinger was Secretary of State under Richard Nixon, and uh, he, he is a German man, he used the term frequently, uh, that was zeitgeist. Zeitgeist means spirit of the times. And uh, the spirit of the times today has changed very, very, very much from those days to today. From then, there were the, the word of God was faithfully and without fear proclaimed everywhere in the country that for those that wanted it, Today, uh, increasingly, we're seeing, beginning to sense opposition to the very reality of a God and the veracity of this book. Um, And the mindset, this this spirit of the times has changed uh, very, very greatly. Today, fear runs rampant in our country. Fear of the pandemic, Fear of global warming, fear of this, fear of that, fear of your neighbor. Cities burning. There are some of these fears indeed are justifiable. And there are certain fears that we must deal with in certain and direct ways outside the realm of our spiritual, uh, spiritual life. I'm not really talking about those. You know, if uh, if you're out uh, if you're out bird hunting or if you're out berry picking, and you're minding your own business, and the grizzly comes up to you, you you got a right to be a little bit fearful, <laughs> because old brother brother Bruin there he might decide to make you lunch. And so, but you deal with it, and there's even ways that you can deal with with a confrontation like that that's seemly and going to going to help you through it a lot better than than giving into fear and and uh, you don't want to run away from a grizzly. But we also see in our country today kind of the uh, what I call the chicken little syndrome. You know, chicken little, you know, you kids ever know the, shake your heads if you've heard it. Okay, <laughs> it's okay. The acorn fell on the little chick's head and I don't know if it was a was it a chicken little was it a a hen or a little rooster, I don't know. We're not going to say talk about that. But the little chick went running off. It got hit on its head, and it thought that the sky was falling. The sky was falling, and it told everybody that the sky was falling, and it was sure that the world was coming to an end. Well, <clears throat> it wasn't. But you know. Um, there was, a, there, was a, you know, there was some pain involved there, and there was an action that, that needed to be assessed and dealt with. But you know, today, a lot of people are like this. They are looking for, they've made mountains out of molehills that the, uh, they've accepted false truths about certain matters that have put them in a position of almost constant fear wear your mask social distancing get the get the inoculations um in truth you gotta know uh, none of that is the real solution to what's going on uh in, in regarding the pandemic or what's going on in this world but what it's doing is to bring people under control of powers that should not be in control nevertheless that is the zeitgeist, That is the spirit of the times that we have to deal with. And we will be dealing with quite possibly the rest of our lives. So let's look at this textbook definition of fear. Webster defines it as a painful emotion or passing excitement by an expectation of evil or the apprehension of impending danger. Got that. Fear expresses less apprehension than dread, and dread less than terror and fright. Fear is accompanied with a desire to avoid or ward off the expected evil. Fear is an uneasy, uneasiness of mind upon the thought of future evil likely to befall us. It says a lot about the things that are, perhaps just over the horizon for us. Some things that, that future evil is likely to befall us. <clears throat> you know, um, I read an account years ago about some of my Viking ancestors. They, <clears throat> they've, been, you know, they've been raiding the, the coastlines of Wales and Scotland and Ireland for some time. And they came upon one village, and it was most of the time they would be met by the uh, the, the townspeople. They tried to fight them off. The Vikings knew what to do. They'd whoop on them, and then uh, away they'd go. But they went into one village, and there was nobody there. And the the, the men went through the village, and they were quite apprehensive for a time, and uh, finally. The townspeople came out at them and then, uh, and then the Vikings, they all said, well, uh, we know what to do now. They weren't afraid of the enemy that they could see, but they were, they were fearful of the enemy that they couldn't see and the things they might be facing. And that's, that, that's somewhat what, what we face as Christians as we look forward to what may happen to Christians in the future. Mm. What it's gonna be like to lose our freedoms to bear arms. Almost certainly, we're going to, it's gonna happen. The freedom of speech, the freedom of assembly. We can look forward and, and anticipate that those things will happen but we don't really know when all we can do is to prepare now as best we can when the actual physical confrontation begins. Again, fear is the passion of our nature which excites us to provide for our security on the approach of evil. And as we, again, as we, as we can perceive the things that are going, physical or spiritual, then hopefully we'll be equipped to deal with them. And the thing about it is personalities differ. Each and every one of us are gonna react differently oftentimes to similar situations. Personalities differ. Some are more aggressive in nature, some are more passive, but all will experience level of this emotion of fear depending upon the circumstances. Servicemen and women must learn to deal with fear if they're going to be effective in that service and that comes through training and experience <clears throat> and so you know you could go in like when I did as a, You know as a army soldier at that time you could go up, a, go up a level you could become a ranger airborne ranger that meant more training more skills you could then get more training and more skills. You could become a Green Beret. You could get more training and, and more skills. You'd be going to Special Ops, or you could become a LERP. I had a friend that was a LERP over in Vietnam. Or you could get the, about the, as far as you could go in military training, you could become a SEAL. And in that, you'd have <coughs> you had about the maximum amount of military training to be able to deal with any situation on the battlefield. Christians also need to be trained up in that same way. Mm -hmm. That our skill set would increase through time as we're exposed to the teaching and preaching of God's word and as, and as we begin to experience, uh, really until a a soldier comes under fire, you really don't know what it's all about. But once you come under fire, your whole mindset changes. And as we begin to go through some things, your and my mindset is going to become even more focused. One way or the other, we're going to let allow fear to override what we need to be doing, or we can deal with that fear in a way that we can be effective Christian soldiers, which is what God wants. <clears throat> okay. Fear can paralyze, but faith will always overcome fear. And uh, our faith is in the God of this book and the teachings of this book, God's word, the Bible. So it says then, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear. Um, The word translated, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear that word not is an absolute negative. It's, a, it's in a special form there in, in the Greek. It could be legitimately paraphrased as, for God has absolutely not given us a spirit of fear. Absolutely not. It didn't come from him, but God has given us the way to deal with this matter of the situations that come in life, in matters physical and spiritual to be able to deal with them in a scriptural way in a god-honoring way the source of victory over fear can only come from and through god the battle that god has now uh, set before us is not just on the physical battle but on the spiritual battlefield and again it's all about the souls of men it's not about us We got to remember that. We know this very clearly from Ephesians chapter six. We know we know those verses very well. But it says, "For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places." That word "wrestle," wrestling is a is a one on one physical confrontation is intense i wrestled some in school a uh, long time ago well in that same way there's a confrontation that's that's going on right now between the powers of the darkness of this world and god's people don't think that that Joe Biden is behind all this stuff. Don't think that Barack Obama and his cabal are all behind this. But there are some people, some human beings, that are pulling these people's string all over the world that are under the direction of Satan and his workers. Mm -hmm. Satan is behind everything that's going on in this world right now right now. Global warming, global pandemic, global economies, globalism. Preparing who to come to set up the one world global government? The Antichrist. Not of man, he'll be a man energized by satan but <clears throat> but spiritual wickedness in high places is directing what's going on in this world today you got to understand that now i understand that god has taken his hands off of some of the restraints that he's put in this world some of the freedoms that that we take for granted um, we're gonna lose because of the wickedness of our, our nation and, and the world's people. As brother Seth w- was talking one time, you know, he's, and I saw this same clip too. He said he really believed that it was all over for America when the legislature legislator of New York State stood up and applauded and rejoiced when they passed the law that it was it was okay to 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 not help babies aborted babies outside the womb just let them die abject wickedness to the nth degree god said it's enough he said it's enough i'm letting i'm gonna bring judgment down upon this country and after this country goes the rest of the world is going to fall into place. And I'm going to allow these things to happen because in the end I'm going to set it straight once and for all. We can't directly take on Satan. But the Bible does say in James chapter 4, verse 7, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Remember from Jesus' account when his temptations, he fought back with Scripture. Don't think you can, take, you can beat Satan at his own game. You can't. Hold up Scripture, stay close to God, and you won't have any problems in that area. Communism has won the political victory for our country. Oppression will come but we can't let the re- that reality overrule what God has called us to do, and that is to be evangelists in a sin sick, de- a desperately needful world. Let Jesus be your prime example. In the three and a half years of Christ's ministry, he had almost constant um, opposition from religious leaders of that day, ended up from, from Rome also, was used to, to take his life. Paul, the apostle, through his ministry, faced uh, uh, one trial after another. The apostles, all of them martyred. For, the, for, uh, for a millennium, uh, under the Catholic Church, millions of, of Christians, Baptists, were martyred for their faith for the love of God, for the love of the Bible. Mm -hmm. That they loved God more than themselves. And and when you think about the the persecution that went on in in those people's lives, and they never quailed, because they loved God more than, than themselves, and they loved the souls of men. Their testimony, they didn't give in to the fear, what I'm saying. They didn't give in to it. They faced it and they dealt with it. And that's where we need to be too. The enemy is all around and is closing in. We cannot fear lest the cause of Christ be hindered. Years ago, I uh, I viewed several films. One of them was Band of Brothers, which was a a film about uh, the war in Europe, World War II. Another one was uh, the Pacific about, the, about the, the war, World War II in, uh, in, uh, in the Pacific, the Marines. I, I read them because I watched them because I'd been working with some men that had been uh, dealing with combat PTSD and in the jail and, and some outside the jail. And I wanted to come to understand more about it. Well there was, uh, there was one, one time when uh, Captain Dick Winters, the 82nd Airborne, the Army, in the Battle of the Bulge, and the, Ar- the Army got kicked out of the Bastogne area and they were, they were leaving, and the uh, 82nd Airborne got called to go in and uh, defend Bastogne. And, the, uh, and one of the men that was coming out seized the captain there and he said, uh, You know, when you go in there, you're going to be surrounded. And he said, Well, we're paratroopers, we're always surrounded. And that's the mindset that we as Christians uh, should know and understand, too. We're in this world, uh, and it's not the world's people that are our enemy, but the world system that seeks to destroy the souls of men. False religion, false governments. And remember, uh, you know, and and those men, that 82nd Airborne went into Bastogne, they came back out, too. They went through some tough, tough times, but they made it through because they had the teaching and the training, and they had a heart to serve. That's what we're in a position right now, to get the teaching and the training to be prepared to serve God to the nth degree, come what may. Psalm 56, verses 2 through 4, David wrote this, this was actually the first verse, verses that I thought to, to preach on, but I, obviously I didn't uh, show something else. He says, mine enemies would daily swallow me up, for they be many that fight against me, O thou most high. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do to me. He also wrote in Psalm 118, verse 6, The Lord, that's Jehovah God, is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? (laughs) This was a man that had fought Goliath. This was a man that led armies. But when it came to this confrontation that he was in in Psalm 56, he said, I need somebody to, to, to help me to deal with these matters. I can't do it all myself, but God can. That's something that we didn't need to know and remember. David was a very accomplished soldier, but he knew that his greatest strength wasn't in the arm of the flesh, the sword of the arm, but the sword of the spirit, the word of God. And so, <clears throat> you know, we're at the moment in time that we're born into God's family, we're enlisted into the, uh, <laughs> the Lord's army, <coughs> and uh, we should need to know and, and remember that. Paul used that analogy often of, of fighting the good fight uh, and using those pictures to make people understand it, re- that then and now, uh, Christians are saved to serve. And it may cost something to serve. But that's okay, because God's our Lord. He's gonna take care of us come what may. Maybe we should uh, sing Onward, Christian Soldiers, more. And we'd do well to remember also Romans chapter 8, verse 15, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Simply what this means is we don't need to fear anymore the wrath of God, That's all been taken care of at the cross of Christ when we trusted in Christ as our Savior. We need no longer carry that burden and to have that fear. That's one thing that should be settled that that no Christian should ever doubt or fear is where he's going when he dies. We're saved and we're sealed by the Holy Spirit of God for eternity. And the Bible says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. This, of course, is the dunamas power, the dynamic power that can only be gifted by God. Remember when, after Jesus was arrested, the disciples forsook him and fled, Matthew chapter 26, verse 56. And apparently after the crucifixion, they were hiding in fear, And then Jesus comes to them, and he gives them assurance. In Matthew 24, 49, he says, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And then we know the the other part of the Great Commission, Acts 1.8, but ye shall receive power, power from God, divine enablement to preach, and teach God's Word, and that's what happened on that day of Pentecost. The power to encounter foes and dangers, God gives us that. This is the power to bear up under trials. This is the power to triumph over persecutions. What it is, it's the nature of the gospel to inspire the mind with holy courage, because the souls of men are worth it. Mm. Acts chapter 4, verses 29 and 31, it says, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembling together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake of the word the word of God with boldness, and those were the ones that went out doing that. And the Bible says that they turned the world upside down. They changed it. They changed the world for good for the cause of Christ because they went out without fear. They went out in the power of God. <coughs> Fearful situations are going to come, but what matters is is how that we react to them and how that we deal with them (laughs) we have the spirit of love 1st John chapter 4 verse 18 it says there is no fear in love but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment he that feareth is not made perfect in love (laughs) the commentator Barnes writes nothing will do more to inspire courage to make a man fearless of danger or ready to endure privation and persecution than love. The love of the country and the wife and the children and the home makes the most timid bold when they are assailed, and the love of Christ and of a dying world nerves the soul to great enterprises and sustains it in the deepest sorrows. The Roman poet Virgil wrote, In the first millennium, love conquers all things. Let us too surrender to love. Uh, Virgil uh, wasn't a, a saved man by any account, but he knew some things that were true. Faith is the victory, and it's the love, our love for our God. It's our love for the souls of men that's gonna make a difference in these last days. And it says, also, and we have the spirit of a sound mind. <clears throat> this is what, uh, this is, talks about self-discipline, the dreaded D word that I used to talk to my Sunday school class about. Either in this existence you're going to discipline yourself to follow the dictates of God's word, or God will discipline you now or in eternity. The person that has a sound mind, this is the person who has his head screwed on straight. He's the prudent man. The prudent man, the Bible says, The prudent man foreseeth the evil, and he hideth himself, but the simple, the naive, the trusting, pass on and are punished. This person that has a sound mind, he's able to evaluate situations in the light of God's word and make the correct reactions to them. He's like the experienced person out on the battlefield. Like that man in the Band of Brothers, Dick Winters. He, he was very, very smart, intelligent. When he first, when he, after he was in combat, he, he was able to react to some situations on D-Day that saved countless uh, American lives through taking out some German 88 Howitzers. And today, his, uh, the, the way that he did that, the tactics he used is still taught at West Point. Well, what am I saying? We need to know what to do, and then we need to do it, to be prepared. Uh, I guess that's the Boy, Scout, Boy Scouts motto, and it's a good one. <clears throat> he doesn't let, uh, he, doesn't, he controls his emotions, and he doesn't let them rule him. First Peter chapter five verse eight it says, "Be sober. Be vigilant. Be on guard, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking who he may devour." He's a man who has made some hard and fast decisions concerning the conduct of his life, and he. Models or he patterns his life after the dictates of God's word. He allows himself to be conformed to the image of Christ. He enters into that matter of his personal sanctification and separation. I read, I didn't, I don't have it available, but I read. uh, Spurgeon wrote about that there is a kind of fear that, that Christians should cultivate where the very thought of sin should alarm us. And that's where it all begins in the mind, the heart that leads to actions of the will. 2 Timothy 2.4 says, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that it may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Okay? We need to be in the world but not of the world. Okay? There needs to be, if we're going to be witnesses and so on to the, the people around us, there needs to be interactions, but we don't want to get tangled up in their messy lives and in their messy ways, their sinful ways. That's what it says. No man that warreth, he's talking about the, the battles for Christ, entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. Isn't that what God said? Well, then we better be careful about doing that. Because we want to, Please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier, male, female, however old you are. If you're, if you're born into God's family, you're enlisted in his army. Every, every person has a part in the service for the Lord. We're coming into times when God needs strong men and women to be active in his service. And so he may say, well, I'm not a Paul or a Timothy. Well, we won't really know what we are until we're tested. So I'll say get ready and be prepared. The part that's what's implied here is when God says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9, He says, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So you see, there it is. And as I end this, let's turn over to Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2. I like this. Let's read verse one, and it says, In that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away and thou comfortest me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He has also become my salvation. That verse speaks loads. Mm-hmm. If we know him and we're willing to serve him, <clears throat> um, we need not be afraid of the things that come. We need to be prepared. We need to have our, our spiritual eyes on to keep focused, to not uh, not get taken unawares. Uh, Satan is looking for the ones that he can pick off easiest. But don't uh, don't make yourself a target. So I just challenge you to be thinking about that. Um, there is. There is no reason to allow yourself to become so full, so uh, overcome with fear that we can't react to the situations that we're in, that God puts us in. God wants us to have a joyous life. There can be, He says. He, Paul Paul said he joyed in his infirmities because he knew that he was that in doing it for the Lord, he was identifying with him. Um, that may be something that i need to reach for yet to attain that but i hope that i can hope that you can too when the time comes just know that god is faithful that we're in a place here where we can get the the best benefit of of god's mercy and his grace His the teaching and training that we need we have strength in the body united we stand divided we fall so let's stay on target for the Lord and uh, be serious about the days ahead. Not fearful. Be, be serious. Be sober. Um, be ready and be prepared for whatever may come. Okay? Brother Jordan?